welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets, ideas can change the world. When I first ran across Carlos Francisco, I couldn't help but notice three or four things that just jumped out at me. One is he believes in the customer experience, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Two, he gives back himself to not only his organization, but to the security community uh, by helping people transition into a positive industry experience. And three, what just a great heart this man has for his family and for uh, his peers. And so I want to invite into the great conversation, Carlos Francisco. Carlos, great to have you. Hey, Ron, how are you, buddy? This Listen, thank you for that intro. That is uh, pretty incredible, bud. So uh, you're kind. You're a kind gentleman. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I hope the listeners will enjoy our little chat, our fireside chat. And uh, I think it's going to be great, bud. Well, you know what? I invite everyone into the great conversation. So it's not just listening to another podcast. It's really understanding. Take away a nugget or two that you can apply immediately to your own life. And there's so many different blades of that that have come from that simple razor assumption that we're having a great conversation. And I'm a learner by experience. So are you. So let's get into it, Carlos. First of all, what I'm going to ask an essential question. Okay? Sure. I'm throwing a curveball. I like it. What Let's juices it. you? What juices you? What juices me? It lately has been, um, the simple one is definitely my, my, my kid. I have a brand new kid, 18 month. I started late in my life. Uh, so my 18 month old, little Jack's been awesome. The wife was pregnant again, so I'm very excited about that. That has really fired me up to do some amazing things. On a professional side, I've given up on trying to achieve bigger things for myself. Now it's 100% for everybody else. And that's really what has changed my life tremendously, Ron. I don't focus, I, I focus very, very little uh, on me. And the only time I do is something to do with my family. We spoke a little bit earlier. It's no longer about me. It's about the we. So when it comes to my family, that's when that takes precedence. But now for me in my career, it's about giving back to others. A hundred percent focused on the critical success of other people. And that has really gotten me kind of off, up and out of the bed every single day. Walk me through that, because it's easy to say, you know, I, I, I really want to serve other people. But how do you do that? Give me the how. How do you pay attention to other people and how do you learn what their essential needs are? How do you go through that process? It, it started for me by being extremely humble. Um, it started there and then it moved on to vulnerable. Uh, I became extremely vulnerable. I was no longer afraid. So I finally realized who I was, the position that I was in, you know, the things that I've accomplished and how comfortable I was with my own skin. Because I think for a long time, everybody plays this, this role of somebody else within a body. And, and you, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like, um, you, you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you don't really know. So until you actually feel it and understand it and live it of knowing exactly who you are. You can't do that. I don't think you can not do it correctly. Um, so being vulnerable is when it started changing. So what happened is that I, I started being comfortable in telling people, I don't know that. Can you help me? Can you teach me? I started telling people, I, I don't understand it. Or, hey, I, I, I need help with this. Can you help me? 
So it wasn't until I became that comfortable as a leader that I was able to then just give back to everybody else because I was comfortable within my own skin. So that's how it started, became by being humble at first and then extremely vulnerable uh, after that and being comfortable with it. Um, and then I went back to a lot of other things, too. I, you know, uh, my mom was a great leader within my family. My mom was a single lady, Ron, with four of us, one adopted, three kids. She worked extremely hard. I mean, we come from a place where there was nine of us in a two-bedroom apartment at times uh, in a little town of Guttenberg, New Jersey, when we first moved here from, from Brazil. Moved there when I was 11. And uh, for my mom, uh, was, she was the father, she was the mother, uncle, aunt, you name it, she was there. And uh, she did a great job with us. So I've always listened to her in a lot of different ways. And that's, and she always used to tell me that, you know, are you, are you comfortable within your own skin yet? Do you know who you are? Do you understand yourself? No, no, to thyself be true, right? Um, that was key for me, man, in that, in that kind of approach in leadership. And then as time went on, I realized I spent 21 years with the Walt Disney Company. And I had tremendous leaders with the Walt Disney Company, but I was too young to kind of dip into their minds, you know. But as I got older, I said, I, let me start asking more questions because now I really want to learn. Now I'm comfortable, right? So that's kind of how I do it today. I know it's a little bit of a long answer, but it's really about just being vulnerable uh, and comfortable within my own skin. Well, I got to tell you, it's... So beautiful because just yesterday I had a great conversation with a gentleman who spent his whole uh, career yeah. helping, helping leaders and organizations answer the question, who am I? And for the very same reason you just did be uh, and realizing your source, your source of your impact in the world comes from answering that question. It unlocks everything, Ron. That's the interesting thing. And it makes me a better man at home, you know, because now I got to live by it. Because if I'm at work doing it, then I kind of got to, you got to bring it home and do the same thing with my wife and the kids and the family. Um, but that's it. To, to, what is it? To die, to, to thyself be true. I, I don't know who said that. I'm sure somebody uh, way more intelligent than me, maybe Plato or something, but uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that we should focus on. Not only as men, I think any, anybody in leadership uh, should focus on that. Well, that, that admonition really plays into some of the steps you've taken to articulate that concept to others, if you think about it. Because once you understand who you are, then you can focus on the other and their experience of you, your program, your company, your service. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's where I came up with uh, the magic keys. You know, that's when I was actually able to sit down and say, how do I create a, a process for not only for companies, for myself, on how I operate every day, for my team, how we operate every day. And I created these kind of um, magic critical success keys. But it wasn't until I was comfortable with myself to say, because the first one, you know, I break down the word magic. And the first one starts with an M, which is management brilliance. Well, you can't be brilliant as a manager, right, if, if you're managing. So the word itself is contradictory because you're a manager. So I usually say, you know, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're micro, you're not magical. Uh, so stop micromanaging people and, and go out there and do amazing things. But the, the management brilliance, that leadership brilliance, it's what kicks everything off. And 
I, I was probably not good at it at a young age. And but if I was a better listener, um, you know, I, I think I would have done it a, a way better job at a younger age to get it going. So uh, number one, I, I'm going to find uh, provide a link to the community here. Yeah. Uh, on your magic keys formula, but give us a give us a quick rundown. I think it'd be really yeah. So one of the things that we forget is the service brilliance. So the A for magic is a passion for service brilliance. People forget that we do not work for ourselves. We work for others every single time. And that's something I always say the D in Disney is in my DNA. I was there for almost 21 years, uh, like I mentioned before. And I realized that I work for others. And that's just not the, in the world of Disney, not just the guests that come in every day, which 250 to 450,000 guests a day in a city that's 43 square miles. I mean, it's, it's immense, right? But it's a passion for service. So that's your employees. That's up and down in your leadership chain. You know, it's to make sure that everybody is, is 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 getting what they need to do an amazing job for everybody. So a passion for service buildings, that's a G for magic is great partnering. We forget about our partners a whole bunch. We forget to involve folks that are important to our operation. We forget folks that uh, might need to know what's going on in our operation. So being able and I have an entire thing on partnership magic um, that breaks down the, the magic partnership. But those are some key things. And then uh, I is- can, can, we, can we pause on that one just for oh, a yeah. second? Oh, absolutely. Because again, partnering is a word that's thrown out all the time, right? Sure. Yeah. But what have you learned about the true definition of partnering? What does that look like? How does that feel? Well, the thing is this, is that you have to manage or lead without any authority in a lot of different points in your career. A lot of times you're not always the boss. So what happens is that we we don't know how to work with our partners. So basically what, what I created was this. M for, for magic, right? Manage our partners' concerns. So what I used to do is do these things called friendship walk. Ron, I didn't get a job one time because somebody asked me, how do you deal with partners? And I said, oh, I start with friendship walks. And the person interviewing me said, friendship walks? Are you serious? And this is before I even had a chance to explain what it meant. But you know what I used to do at Disney? I used to block out one hour in the morning and one hour in the afternoon. One hour in the morning was for me to walk amongst my people, not to talk about work, just say hi, talk about their families, their lives, and everything else. And then the second part of the afternoon was walking with my partners. I literally walked shoulder by shoulder with them in their operation. And right there and then, they would tell me what was wrong with it, what they didn't like. And if I had a great answer for them, I'd give it to them. If they came to me and they say, Carlos, what do you think about this? And I didn't have an answer, which is a whole other part, which is the C, because I can't commit to things that I cannot do, but I'm always willing to, to help or find you an answer, right? That's the C for the magic and partnership. And, we'll, and I'll get there soon. But what happens is that I started learning their business and I would have an answer for them. So A for magic for partnership is anticipate our partner's expectations. So I was able to anticipate what they needed just by the sheer fact that I was doing friendship walks, you know, then I know it sounds crazy, but in a, in a magical world of Disney, friendship is an important thing to partnership that we, that we don't do a lot. So, and then the other one was give value to their business. What I realized is this, is that in our business, all we want is us, 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 as long as we're doing okay, as long as we're doing okay, we're fine. 
but we never go and give thanks to other people's business for making your life easier. We never stop out of nowhere. This has to be almost out of nowhere. Like you tell somebody they have nice shoes or a nice t-shirt. Why not say that, you know, hey, by you implementing that thing, whatever the thing was into your business, you made mine more efficient. And I wanted you to know that. And I need to let your boss know that. Hey, when you came out and you kind of took over for that call for me until I got there, not only did you calm that guest down, but you were incredible at already providing them with what they needed. We don't do those things. We're over operating, operating. So we don't give them the value that they need to be great partners in retirement. That, that, that's a beautiful one. I just want to rest on that for a second. Yeah. One, one, this whole idea of the human dignity of appreciation, but put that to the side just for a second. I'm not diminishing it, Put right. it to, but let's go to pragmatic terms. You anchor through relationship and appreciation the very things you want to value in that person and in their program, right? That's it. That's and exactly you're right. anchoring. It becomes behavioral modification by anchoring the value. And what happens is that it's contagious. Yeah. See, it's contagious. So I'll give you, and, and it continues because once you give them, you know, kind of give their business that that value, right? That we all want to be valued, right? It's a simple concept. But then you inculcate the I for magic on, on partnerships, inculcate trust and respect. That automatically starts to happen. And you don't even you don't even notice it. So what happens when you start trusting each other, and that's when vulnerability is a beauty. And we do it really well at the Disney Company, Ron, because look, if I can't do something, it takes me one second to call my partner from the front entrance, backside, front side, food and beverage. Hey, I can't do that. Do you got, do you have one or two folks that can help me out with this? And that's where that love and partnership of that kind of operation comes through. But it, but you got to build it. Right. You got to build it with kind of the, the magic program in a way, or the magic idea in a way. And the C, which finishes out the magic, is uh, commit to only what you can do and follow through. So we commit to a lot of things as partners that we don't even know that we can get done. Uh, we're in a meeting or something and we say, yeah, yeah we got it. It's perfectly OK for you to say, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Let me look at it. Give me a little bit of time and I'll get back to you with an answer. Now, I always tell people that within one hour. You have to come back with an answer. It could be a positive, a negative one, or one that you still don't know. You're still trying to figure out, right? An undecided, let's call it an undecided answer. And the reason why you want to do that to your partners is because if you don't get back to them within an hour after you say you're going to do it, they start creating their own idea of what your response is going to be. And that now takes away what we worked on, the trust piece, the giving the respect to their, and the value to their business, right? So that's what I used to do at Disney. I used to literally say, look, I, I don't know if I can do that, but let me go do some research because we never say no at Disney. We never say no. So let me do some research and I'll get back to you. And within an hour, I set an alarm on my phone. Within an hour, I'm getting back to you with one other or in the side it, and I'll get back to you again. And I set another timer. And that's something that we don't do. We commit to a lot of things that we can't do and we disappoint a lot of people. And, I, and at home too, I, I tend to only commit to things I can do. So interesting because I've I've always say in my study of human behavior throughout my career, uh, I always used to say, what is the urgency someone is bringing to me? 
What level of urgency are they bringing to me? There's lots of different qualifying questions to get to that answer. But, yeah. but once you understand that level of urgency, to your point, then you can set the meter of expectations needed to make them feel, right, valued. And that's key. And that's key. And so I grew up with a lot of communication. So a Disney does a tremendous amount of communication. Look, communication works with your loved ones, works with your family. Uh, Definitely. It works with my wife and she, she's an over communicator. Actually, I'm still working on that. Um, But we don't make effective communication a priority. And and we in the business world and how we communicate. And, but the the reason why we don't do it is because we're afraid. We're afraid of what our partners are going to think. Are they going to think less of me because I, I don't know? But if you don't communicate that you have a need, right, that could be a problem for your entire operation. But how do you open people up to that? So I, I also have a magic for communication. Not, not to just keep on going down my magics because there's plenty of that. But we could stop there where communication needs to be a priority within the workplace. And sometimes it's not. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I got an email from somebody that's one office down from me. And then I get up from my desk and I walk over and I answer them. Uh, and then five minutes later, they send me another email. And I get up again and I walk over and I say, hey, yeah, no, no, the answer is this. To the point that I go, wow, I probably didn't do something to gain this person's trust. Let me see if I could work on that. And that's when I go back to my critical success stuff, right? Because maybe I need to work on myself because I'm vulnerable. I'm okay being vulnerable now. And I start working on myself. Okay, maybe I did something today that today they don't feel comfortable communicating with me. It's so interesting because you give back your time to uh, people wanting to move from one type of corporate experience to another. In in one particular case, of course, uh, law enforcement or military trying to get into security, for example. And uh, I, I'm now really interested when you come along side them, to mentor them, to give them advice, to give them direction. I I can't help but believe you're using the magic keys to tutor them on how to interview and seek their next career. Because it comes back to that original question you asked at the beginning of our conversation. Who are you? Yeah, I think so. I think what happens, so Ron, thanks for bringing it up. I do a very bad job of pushing uh, my book, actually even mentioning it. But Something I do, and I talked to you in the beginning, it's about giving back to everyone. So I have this book coming out, So You Want to Get Into Corporate Security. What I realized that in the military, law enforcement, emergency services, and federal careers, there was very little books or people doing podcasts or, you know, knowledgeable about how that experience goes and how it happens and it occurs to help folks transition, especially in the times that we're in today. It's a very difficult time for law enforcement folks out there. God bless you. Love you. And, uh, you know, and people know, especially through LinkedIn, come and find Carlos Francisco. I'll definitely sit with you uh, and talk about it. But that's, but that's the, I, I do, I do use those things because you have to be honest with people. You know, you have to make people also accountable. All right, you want me to help you. Okay, so let's, let's we're going to set a plan. We're going to make it happen, but you're going to be accountable to this. And if we're failing somewhere, then you got to be vulnerable and honest with me. So we continue, and that's part of the communication. That goes back to the communication magic. Right, which which I created. Um, so many wonderful things, Ron, that came out of working for the Walt Disney Company uh, that I'm extremely proud of. I, I openly talk about it quite often. My team actually has a funny, 
funny uh, game that in big meetings, if I ever mentioned Disney, everybody gets to take a shot of whiskey or something. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but it, it was a wonderful time and it taught me a lot. Uh, in uh, just one more thing on your book, though, uh, yeah. when you mentor these people coming out of law enforcement, the military is I haven't read the book yet, Carlos, can't wait to read it. But I would imagine you and I talked a little bit about this offline. Sometimes great progress in your life takes great sacrifice. And I would imagine one of the first lessons you have to give them, you're going to have to sacrifice, give up the very things that made you a top professional in that profession to be able to step into the next one. Great point, Ron. Great point. So um, a lot of people don't know this. I actually stepped away from the Walt Disney Company for two years as a, uh, the, I changed to what they call a seasonal employee. So I worked just uh, on the off season. Uh, at the time, I was at the sports complex working uh, all the baseball games, Atlanta Braves, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the football side. And I went and I tried to follow the dream of being a cop. And the problem is that I got into the cop thing a little bit too late. Uh, I was already a little seasoned uh, out in the world, and I already had learned a lot. And I realized it was not for me. And I came back into Disney as a, as a leader, a manager for the Disney company. But one of the things that I'm very honest with them about, Ron, is, is that you cannot be rigid anymore. You have to understand what soft skills are like. You have to understand that though you knew laws and regulations and state, federal, um, local laws or statutes, uh, today in the world, we work in policies and procedures, and it's very soft. Those policies and procedures are soft. So you don't know everything. You have to come in humble. You have to come in with a learner's mind. I tell everybody, if you're going to transition into a new career called corporate security, if you don't come in with a learner's mind, you're going to have problems. You're going to have an issue because you're going to have folks that have been in that field for 10 years that are 10, 15, 20 years younger than you, possibly leading you. But not only that, being being the owner of a line of business within that corporation that they probably know so much more about it than you do. So if you're not humble, uh, going back to the humble and vulnerable. So if you're not humble and you come to learn and you're not vulnerable when people tell you that, look, uh, you're, you're wrong there. This is how we do this thing. And you can't remove that back when I was a cop that I was, for the most part, I'm right. You're wrong. Um, it doesn't work. And I, and I tend to do that a lot with the top brass folks, folks yeah. that are captains and above. I tell them, hey, listen, you've been at the top of your game for a very long time. If there's one thing I can tell you is that you're going to need to be humble and vulnerable for a very long time if you want to succeed in the corporate world. This has been a great conversation with Carlos Francisco, one of the top security managers at Facebook, author and consummate give back guy to the yeah. industry. And uh, it's been just a joy talking to you, Carlos. Ron, what a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You, my friend, are doing some amazing things for everybody. Great conversation indeed. Thank you for your time. My friend, we will have one in the future as well. This has been a great conversation.